same miraculous power that raised Christ from the dead is exactly what it takes to save a sinner. Good morning, everyone. It's Monday morning. I'm glad that you're all ready to steep in the word with me. Today, we are in Romans 8. And we're going to look back over verse 9, as we did last week, and go through verse 11. So I'm going to read that, and we'll jump right in. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Many times, we, when we think of God, we think of, uh, rightly so, we think of his, his power and his glory and his omniscience and his omnipotence and his ease in which he does everything. It didn't take any great effort for God to create something out of nothing. And it wasn't a larger leap for him to create man. God is always working, and it is easy for him to do anything he wishes. And it is wonderful to think on the power of God and all that he has at his command. But one thing we tend to forget is that it is hard for him to forgive sin. Not that he's reluctant or that he is unjust. It is his justice that prevents him from forgiving lightly. He cannot just wipe away our sins and say, "Ah, they are no more, and hide them under the rug. Because there has been wrong done. I've been thinking of those videos on YouTube that you can find easily enough where a Holocaust survivor meets with one of the guards that they maybe knew at one point or had dealings with in one of the concentration camps. Those videos are always so hard to watch. After a lifetime of bitterness towards one person, here they are in the same room with them. And they've got to face a whole lifetime of built-up anxiety over what happened. It's got to be hard to forgive and accept forgiveness because of the things that happened so long ago. Well, imagine you're in the righteous, just shoes of God. It might be hard for you to place yourself there because we don't think very justly most times. But here you are, having created the whole world, and your creation turns away from you. Adam sins against you and blames his wife, and his wife blames the lies of Satan. And nobody wants to take their responsibility that they should. And this generation of people descends into darkness. And you continue to show grace, like with Noah. And you flood the whole world, but you save back a few. And these people continue to sin against you. (laughs) If we were in the place of God, the world would not have continued to exist because we have an overactive sense of justice. And we don't have the sense of patience and long-suffering that God has. But he cannot just hide those sins either. 
while he has a long-suffering sense of justice, and ultimately it finds its fullness in Christ, he can't just hide it away. Like the Holocaust survivor, those hurts are still there, and it takes time to forgive someone who did so much wrong. But it's because of Christ that that forgiveness can happen. The effort of Christ is the hardest thing God has ever done. Can you imagine pouring your wrath out onto an innocent person so that the guilty might go free? Can you imagine facing that even though you don't deserve it? And taking upon the weight of the world's sin? And dying a death even though you were the everlasting prince of peace? That is why I said that the same miraculous power that raised Christ from the dead is exactly what it takes to save a sinner. We are dead as sinners until Christ's resurrection lifts us from the grave as well. So we are not in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in us. If we don't have the Spirit of Christ, we don't belong to Him. Because that Spirit is what brings us resurrection. But in verse 10 of Romans 8, it says, If Christ is in you, although this body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Yes, we will continue to stub our toes and curse. (laughs) We will continue to be angry and try not to sin, and in so doing, sin. But if the Spirit is within us, it redeems that body of death. If the very life of God is within us, the body may pass away, but he will renew it. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That is why Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 talk about the work of the Spirit. Verse 13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The way we seal an envelope to be opened at a later date is what this is talking about here. The deed of our inheritance has been sealed in the Holy Spirit. When we come into the kingdom, he will open that envelope, and we will receive our inheritance in full. Verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? So the Spirit is not just um, a sidekick. In John, when it talks about him sending a helper, the helper takes his cues from God. The Spirit is indeed the Word of God dwelling in our hearts, renewing our minds. The power of the gospel is worked through the Holy Spirit, and it reworks our life as we live it. It is what sanctifies us, and it is the seal, the promise of new life, even though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death. We should have one response. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. If we see the effort that it took, Christ to save us. 
we can only respond in one way. Praise. We should burst out in song, in thanksgiving, for what he has done for us. The end of Luke 7 recounts the tale of the man who has invited Jesus to his home, uh, Simon, and then a woman comes in and anoints his feet with expensive oil. In verse 45, we'll pick it up there, talks about how he has uh, done nothing for Jesus the whole time he's been there. He has not shown him true hospitality. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, yes, Simon, you can see that she has many sins. I know you think she is a sinner, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. The reason her sins are forgiven is because she sees value in Jesus. But if we don't think we have much sin, we will not find much value in Jesus. So anytime we are struggling to find time in prayer with Jesus or or wanting to read his word, it's because we don't see the depth of our sin. We don't realize how dead this body really is walking around. We don't understand how much we need the love of the Father shown through the Son and promised in the Spirit as we walk through this life. So we should call out with deep groans, Father, I am a wretched man. Who will deliver me? Thanks be to God. It's Jesus. And that's how we should pray. We should pray for the recognition of sin, the recognition of the power of God in Christ and the Spirit, and we should pray to be able to praise much better in light of that. We should act like this woman who anoints Jesus' feet in Luke 7. The same miraculous power that raised Christ from the dead is exactly what it takes to save a sinner. So we should enjoy every moment that we walk with the Spirit and praise God greatly for that. Father, we are indeed sinners. And while we forget it often, we ask that you would remind us of it again, not for guilt but for praise of your name. We ask that you teach us how to relax in your presence only after we have faced our sin and handed it over to your Son. Thank you for going to the great effort of saving sinful people who hate you and giving them joyous hearts where once there was bitterness. Thank you for giving us the power to forgive others as you have forgiven us. Help us to walk in your Spirit as it is the promise of new life. Amen.